right there. Right now. Are you baked right now? Uh, I wish. You're totally baked. <laughs> I wish. Always baked. I'm always. I think I'm, I think I'm forever. These nuts. Baked. Jonah's birthday card to me. He said, "Happy birthday to my soulmate." I almost. Uh. <laughs> what are you laughing at? That just seems like cute. It's Jonah, like Jonah. I, me and Jonah, you have no idea. Cal House Polly. No oh, phone this podcast. Don't no tell phone me this what podcast. To do. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let's introduce Connie. Yes. Please. Okay. Uh, hi. How's it going? Welcome to the Osborne's podcast. This is episode nine. And today we are being joined by the lovely. Connie Wilson. Yay! Thank you. Oh, thank you. Connie. It's so great to be here. It's not Connie, even. Oh. Connie, Connie. I'm so happy I to be here. I have to say that out of all of our family friends, Connie is definitely in like Aww. my top five. Thank you, darling. Like, kind Kelly's of just saying that because she wants you. more of your baked goods. No, I can't Cal- even eat the baked goods now that I'm vegan. It's just... I have vegan. Oh, you do? Yes, I do. Oh, I'm very excited. Yes. And I'm also going to Connie's house to have a baking lesson. Yep. Oh. Tell your mom. Anytime. <laughs> Come over, all of you. I'd love to give you guys can't, baking Can't treat an old dog new tricks, Dad. <laughs> Don't call mum old or, or a dog. Or a dog, you fucker. <laughs> do, 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 if Jack was a dog, what do you think he would be? I would, um, bulldog. He would be, yeah. Or... I would be like a discarded, like... Dog that no one wants. A bulldog. I feel like he would be like a old puffy chest. Cockapoo. So, uh, Connie, <laughs> let's talk about you a little bit. Uh, when did you uh, begin to begin your journey into music? Obviously, you come from a musical family. What inspired you to be like, hey, you know what? I want to do what my family does. Well, let's see. Um, I remember being uh, on stage with the Beach Boys. Um, I just want to clarify too for listeners: uh, if if you're an idiot and don't know. Uh, Connie's father is Brian Wilson. Yeah, so just, right. just to like you know, because from, from some from the Beach Boys, right? Um, just if that that little band. If you're under a rock, no pun intended. Yeah. And I remember during Good Vibrations at the at the end of the or actually at the part where it goes, gotta keep those love good vibrations. You know that section. Carl would call all the kids out and say, "Okay, come on," because we'd be waiting like racehorses, you know, to go out of the cage and get on the stage and sing. So I remember going on the stage during Good Vibrations and being very, um, just that adrenaline in front of the audience. That's when I knew I'd love to be in front of an audience and singing. Oh, I always sang. I, so and we would sing harmony. My mom taught Wendy and I how to sing harmony, singing to um, Bob Seger, <laughs> um, still the same. And uh, and we used to sing Barracuda and Heart. And we learned Ooh, harmony. My, our mom, yeah, our mom taught us harmony. But it was just, uh, it, it just was music was everywhere. It, it was just kind of like my calling, mm-hmm. you know? Did Jonah go on stage with you? Jonah was always mortified <laughs> to be in front of people. Let's just contextualize Jonah for a second. Who's Jonah? Jonah is my first cousin, son of Carl Wilson, my dad's late brother. So Carl had two kids, Jonah and Justin, and I was very close with Jonah and Justin, but Jonah was only a year younger than me. So we were always like, you know, the, we were like brother and sister, really. So Jonah was very shy. He didn't want to have, have, have anything to do with it. And Jonah is our family realtor. He's a very successful right. real estate agent in Los Angeles. Very. Lovely guy. And Lovely. he has, he has helped so us buy and He's sell. My neighbor. Do you know oh, what's friends. so great about Jonah? Because mm. people always think, oh, real estate. He's going to be pushy. He's going to be this. Jonah doesn't give a fuck. He, he will take you to a thousand houses. And if you don't like him, he goes, 
I don't care. Exactly. That's fine by me. Do you want it? Yeah or no? Okay, bye. He honestly doesn't give a shit. The best part about it. Yeah. That's why he's so successful, I think. And when you ask for real estate advice, it is so spot on. And he will break down why, if you like it, what's really good about it for you and why. He's just, he's great. And he'll give you the pro and cons and everything. He's fantastic. And he's such a diva. Oh my God, it's the fun. It is the funniest thing. I want you to know that Jonah, uh, for a long time, we I went into music at a young age right after high school. And we kind of didn't know what Jonah was going to do. He was a little, he was kind of wandering and, and yes. we, we weren't really sure about his path, right? And But I do know that <clears throat> we used to roll these joints that were like, like they were spleefs. I mean, they were absolutely spleefs. And we would go and we would get in his, his car, his red sob, and mm-hmm. and we would go in his car and we would cruise around uh, Homeby Hills and we would get so stoned <laughs> and we would play Luther Vandross and Charday and and then we go to like disco and Donna Summer and all these great like disco songs and we would get wasted and we would drive in front of these houses and he would go look at this one now look at this one look at this gate look at these flowers look at this structure look at this street and he was fascinated. With real estate, mm-hmm. so it, and he was high, and he was high as a kite, <laughs> and we and he and but I thought to myself, you know, one of these days, he or I are going to be either living in these homes or something's going to happen with houses, and of course it did because he just he loves it. Nice. Do you want to hear a funny story one day about <coughs> our building? Okay, so Jonah and I, I own an apartment in the same building as Jonah, and even though I moved out and rented my apartment because I wanted to move closer to Jack and the kids, this was when I still lived there. He, my apartment was on fire, and they evacuated the whole. Literally building. on fire. On fire. Mm-hmm. Well, no, and your no, your apartment wasn't. Oh no, you was. My, no, it was yes, my your apartment, apartment did catch yeah. fire. That's and they right. evacuated the whole oh building, God. right? Yeah. The one person who refused to leave <laughs> was no, Jonah. Don't even tell me that. Uh, was Jonah because he was taking a nap in bed and didn't want to be disturbed. <laughs> and he knew it was your apartment. Yeah, he and did. He's like, oh fuck it, I ain't going. So before it will cause a fire. Still don't know. Hmm. <sighs> Must have been a candle. Jonah. Oh they think my about, god! I didn't have any candles. I want when? you to know that Jonah and I used to go to Weight Watchers camps together because every year Jonah and I were the 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 heavyweight, the heavy siblings. Wendy and Justin, my sister, sister Wendy and his brother Justin, were always skinny. We were always fat, so we would go to Weight Watchers camp together every year, the fat camp. And we and Jonah was voted laziest camper <laughs> <laughs> because, and I'm not exaggerating. He would, when we had to do like the leg lifts, he would lift his pinky toe. That was as far as he was going to do for exercise. And we broke into the nutritionist's uh, uh, kitchen and we stole all the diet pies that she made for the cooking class the next day. Oh and my they gosh. had a whole meeting with the, with the uh, <laughs> camp and they were like, somebody went and stole the pies. And we, and we, we, we copped, we were like, it was us. So we got like, you know, we got in trouble, but nothing happened because it was like we were like, you know, known as the Beach Boys kids there. And we came every summer. We would lose the weight, gain it back and come back to fat camp (laughs) every fucking year. Did you say you just did it because you loved camp so much? (laughs) I actually loved it. I loved it. Can you tell us the story? I want the kids and Aussie to hear it that you told me about the security guard. Okay, so. Here's the thing. It 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 actually 
wasn't the security guard, but it was kind of like his security guard. This is like mind blowing. All right. So Mike Love of the Beach Boys has two brothers. Okay. He has Steve and Stan. And Stan Love, (laughs) Stan Love was a Laker. He's like six, you know, he's seven feet tall. And his son, Kevin Love, okay, huge basketball player, right? Stan was like brought in by my mom years ago in the in the mid seventies to kind of whip my father into shape. He was like. I don't know, he was on some drug thing and a bender. And then my mom's like, we're going to get, you know, we're going to get you a bodyguard and a bodyguard slash exerciser motivator. And it's going to be Stan because Stan's going to kick your ass. You know, you're going to play basketball and lose weight. So Stan um, came to our house and Jonah was always there. And Stan came to the house and he made Jonah and I get on the fucking treadmill at, I mean, we were seven years old. Oh, made us get on the treadmill and run and i just had this memory of this guy going faster 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 and we and i'm and i'm like i was i was crying this is like complete torture and my mom was like well it's not such a bad thing because you got to lose weight why don't you join in well we were so pissed at him for abusing us and making us run on the treadmill that um jonah and i took a a rock uh from the yard we went outside and we found a rock and we carved on his 450 SEL Mercedes, fuck you, asshole, <laughs> on the side of the car with the rock, fuck you, asshole. And then we took his apple juice jar in the back seat. I emptied out the apple juice and we both peed in it. <laughs> So we left it, it left it in his back seat what as, the a, as a pre- as a present. Piss replacing the apple juice. Yeah, we sure did. So um, when the Beach Boys were doing some kind of recording, not long after that, <clears throat> Joan and I were called into the room, and uh, we were confronted by everyone, and we got in really big trouble. I can imagine so. Yeah, yeah. And so and, <laughs> and so we said yes, it was us, and you know, you know, we we hate him and everything, and it was awful, but. So fast forward to about four years ago when dad was playing at the uh, the Greek theater, uh, Stan Love came to see dad sing. And ever since I got sober, I'm like, you know, amends, 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 say you're sorry, say you're sorry, you know. So I had, I did my amends. And so I went, so I said, Stan, I want you to know that I'm really sorry that I carved fuck you asshole on your Mercedes and I peed in your apple juice. I'm very sorry. I just want you to know that I'm sorry that I did that. And of course I started crying and he's like, it's no problem. It's okay. It's cool. It's cool. It was 1970. So, what? It's the truth. <laughs> he was probably, you know, who knows, but I made my amends. I, I, mm-hmm. I cleared the air. Did Jonah? No, <laughs> no. Jonah's no. like, fuck that guy. No, <laughs> jo- I, I don't think Jonah's ever said, I don't think he said a word to him in 20 years. No. No, I just love how every time Jonah comes to the valley, he's like, this heat is just so offensive. It's <laughs> just it. so offensive. No, it's the first thing. You don't understand. Jonah used to lay in front of a fan. He took about three showers a day, and then he would lay in front of a fan and just like lay on the bed with the fan on him like one foot away from his face. <laughs> no, the best thing I ever saw of Jonah was he's in the car, and he's smoking a cigarette, and he's all of 10. Jonah? Where did you see that? Wait a minute. Oh, it's a classic shot of him in this car driving, smoking a cigarette. Carl Wilson 
literally taught me how to drive. It was Stone Canyon Road, and I drove his rolls at six years old. He let me drive the car. What a great upbringing you had. <laughs> six years of age? Six years old. He goes, come on, let's go down the street. Because Jonah has been obsessed with cars, his son Jonah. Mm-hmm. First time I ever got in a car, I drove. I got behind the wheel, and I'll never forget, I, I went on, he goes, easy does it, because I, you know, I pressed on the gas really fast. It was his green rolls on Stone Canyon Drive. Oh, that's quite a that's quite a learning experience. Isn't that awesome? Oh, you, you took my car, I'm turning, fucking getting stuck. No, you dashed into a tree. You know what? There's a lot of judgment coming from that side of the room. So how come, because for me personally, like growing up in a musical family and musical father, I was always like, no, not doing music. Too, It's just too big of a, a daunting yeah. world to enter in at because I always felt that no matter what, even in like television, they're like, oh, it's only because he's Aussie's son. Like I, yeah. I have that kind of, well, that bit of an insecurity to ever have gone it. Plus I'm not musical at all. Uh, so that's I think you one. should have just started with I can't sing and I'm not musical. Well, no, because I could play drums a little bit. Right. So there are other options. I could have been I could have been an amazing flautist. You don't right. know that. But you What's that? Oh, uh, playing, playing the flute. Flute. Uh, oh. But did but you? You didn't want it. You didn't want it. No, because for, for numerous reasons, mm. but one of them was I didn't want to be only ever compared to a family member, father. Right. 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 Did you? How did you kind of? Did, did that ever bother you? Was that ever a concern for you? You know, Wilson Phillips started so organically, and I I listened to the Beach Boys and many other groups, Fleetwood Mac, the Eagles, and ABBA and Bee Gees, and you know anything from the seventies and the eighties, but but really the seventies. And I was so obsessed with harmony that I never like I had like blinders on. I was like. In school, I was getting everybody together. We got to sing harmony. We got to sing harmony. And I would, and we would, you know, imitate all these groups. And then when China and Wendy and I started singing together, we knew that there was such a great sound that I never, I never thought about anything else. I didn't think about what people would think. I didn't think about uh, even a career. I just thought we got to sing together and we got to start writing music. And and I, I and and then when we put the record out. We, we we were working with a producer, Richard Perry, and he kept saying, you guys got to write your own songs because you're not going to get any respect if you don't write your own music. So we did. We mm. started writing our songs and hooked up with Glenn Ballard and wrote our songs. And, and when the music came out, everybody was like, yeah, they had to say, oh, you know, they come from Beach Boys and Mamas and Papas legacy, but we made our own mark. And so yeah. I always felt it's, confident. It's got to be tougher than anybody else. Because you're, you're, yeah. If People's expectations are always uh, uh, they compare you. Yeah, it's not as good as you know right. vibrations or never will be. Or, and I know, but that's what I'll say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like we we just, but it was it. Like I said, it was like a very organic. It was kind of like I feel like it was a divine thing that we sing together. Really, the <laughs> core of me is extremely spiritual, and that comes from my dad. And I I have to joke around because there's so much pain it, that has been in my history that I have to have that humor and that spirituality mm-hmm. so when, when, to save when did you, me. When did you and father break up? Mom and dad. Yeah. You know, um, he was just really. He couldn't be a father, and that really wasn't it. Mom was great, but he was um, very, very, very messed up on drugs. And he, um, you know, I, I wrote a book. I, I've written a few books, but I did talk about the fact that he um, 
he was so, so out of his mind one day and he tried to make me, um, you know, put some heroin up my nose, some powder. And I, I ran in the other room. I was, I was 10 years old. And, uh, you know, at that point my mom was like, okay, that's it. It's really a danger now to the kids. So, and I, and I, and I know that after all these years, we've had a lot of healing and he's apologized for what, what he's done. What is that farting sound I'm hearing? Is that a chair? That's no, the that's fucking dog. The dog. What? Snoring. It's my dog. I if anybody's I, wondering, what that deep is? Breathing, snoring. It's Bella. <laughs> um, it just goes with the story. But yeah. anyway, um, yeah. So it's like it, it is. It's a really intense thing to think about. But he, I know that he was was really out of his mind at that time. So he has. We've we have healed uh, our relationship, and he has told me I never could be a father. I I'm so sorry for you know, what, what I've done and I love you more than anything in the world. And so that's all I needed to hear. And because what can you do? You can't erase the past. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, look at the, look at the the time, look at the era. You yeah, can't erase yeah. what you've done. You know, you only move on. And, and, uh, and my mom, and he loves my mother, just respects her so much and always says, how's your mom? You know, she's the best person I know. And that that gives me that kind of comfort, even though that they're divorced, that I know that deep down inside they'll always have that kind of, you know, that that respect. Sure, for each other. Yeah. 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 It's intense. It, it's, and probably it if they met now for the first time, mm-hmm. it would be completely different, right? Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, she was 14 when they met. I mean, they were married at 16. That's oh, wow. so young. Yeah, she was 14. I mean, they got married at six. She was 16 years old. Wow. Yeah, different times. Where did they meet at school? He was doing a concert, and she went and and went to go see the Beach Boys in like 1961, and and right in the beginning, and he spilled some hot chocolate on her, and then she like, and then they touched base, and then he proposed when he was in Germany over the Aww. phone. Yeah, my and he loved my grandma, my grandma May, my mom's mom, and he still does. But yeah, it's it's pretty neat, you know. M- music was was kind of inevitable for me, so that's it, you know. This podcast is brought to you by Casper. So Casper is a mail order mattress and it literally comes in the mail and you unfold it and it opens up like a flower in the spring. No, I just love watching it open. It's unfold. cool, isn't it? It's, um, it's just incredible. It's the best. It makes me smile. And you know what? We've put it, uh, the mattress that we have, we put it in the spare room and I end up sleeping there because I like the mattress so much. There's the Wave, there's the Essential. The Wave features a premium support system to mirror the actual shape of your body. The Essential has a streamlined design and the price won't keep you up at night. And their pillows are amazing. I oh, love their the pillows. pillows. Do you know, on... Detour. Mm-hmm. I slept on a spring mattress. I forgot how uncomfortable they are. The others are so redundant now. This is a hundred night risk free sleep on it trial. If you don't like it, send it on home. Do you know what's really interesting is the fact that they even feel the need to have a hundred nights risk free. Because I think after your first night sleeping on a Casper mattress, you're like, okay, I'm not sending this back. It is pretty cool. If you guys want a Casper mattress and you want to get $50 towards a select mattress by visiting casper.com forward slash Osborne's and using the promo code Osborne's at checkout. And that's casper.com forward slash Osborne's using the promo code Osborne's at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. 
Yeah, so I always find it fascinating with the kind of Beach Boys legacy of that. The, the music was very kind of light, uplifty, good rock and roll, but there was a lot of kind of darkness surrounding the band to a degree. Mm-hmm. And it's really kind of interesting how it didn't necessarily reflect in the music that they were producing and writing, but kind of, it, I always found that fascinating. Until he went, until he, dad went inward and said, you guys have to go out on the road while I create. And if you listen to certain Beach Boy songs, you would be totally enlightened and amazed at the depth and the beauty. And Paul McCartney loves that side of the Beach Boys. Mm -hmm. He told my dad that. And seeing Paul and my dad together is one of the cutest things you've ever seen. They become like little boys. It's really neat. Um, But yeah, I know that, that there is that kind of like that dichotomy. For sure. Yeah. It's and, cool. then, and then you add in that weird Charles oh, Manson. I was about to say, oh, yeah. What That's... was that album he, he, he released? Years after he was, it was a solo album or something. Oh, Dad's solo album? What was it called? Oh, that was really good. That was, um, it had. Uh, so there was a short name it was. Oh, fuck. What was, was the it? Title? Smile. No, smile, no, no, that smile, was, oh, smile. smile. It yeah, was smile. smile. That was Beach Boys, but Smile, yeah. So, smile. I, heard, I was watching a program about mm-hmm. the Beach Boys. Yeah. And. The Beatles and the, and, and, and the Beach Boys we were exchanging harmonies and things. Yeah. Yes. He always talked about that. You know, and what was cool is when when the Beach Boys did, uh, no, no, Sgt. Peppers came out. And then Dad said, I need to beat this record. That's what, that's what those were his words. Mm-hmm. So he wrote Pet Sounds, and that's where Good Vibrations, God Only Knows came in, Wouldn't yeah. It Be Nice, and uh, Don't Worry Baby. And my and what a really cute story is my dad would come home from the recording sessions of Pet Sounds, and he would say to my mom, I'm scared. I, I, I'm i not going to do as good as, as Sergeant Pepper Mare. I don't think I can do this as good. And she would say, Don't Worry Baby. Everything will be all right. Don't Worry Baby. And then he wrote, Don't Worry Baby. Oh, that's it's, really cool. It's really neat. It's it's really it's a really cool thing. There was kind of like this dueling thing, but I don't think it came from Paul. Dad is really competitive, but has a a heart of gold. You know, he he's competitive by nature, but he he he's grateful for every music that's mm-hmm. ever been created. You know, I think I met your dad once. I met him a few times. Once when he came, because he was he looked at one of our houses that mm. we were selling, mm-hmm. and he came to look around it, and he really liked Dad's studio in the back. And I just remember he had a yellow T-shirt on, and he was very nice. Very nice. Very He's very nice. Very gentle. He's I very... met him. Oh, I can't remember when I first met him. I don't know. The, well, I did the thing at the, the palace in London, and he was there. Oh right. Uh, he, 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 um, he's kind of if he's on, if you recognise you, you're in luck. Right. You don't. He looks at you if you're not there. Right. He's face. He says, "How are you doing?" You. I know. Uh, I know someone else know. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some musicians training. It is. Yeah. I mean, think about how many people you've met in your life. Exactly. Oh. I mean, oh, God. billions. So you know. Yeah. Um. All right. <laughs> enough. Enough about parents. Let's talk about you. Okay. Um. What's been your what what would you say is your um your greatest moment as a musician? <sighs> like if you think about it, like you know what that's like the crowning thing of that. Like for me was like it. Or have 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 you had it yet? Yeah, um, I think when we had our first number one record, mm-hmm. we were in Japan and it was three in the morning, and the president of uh, our record company, Charles Koppelman, called and said, "You did it." 
you're no, you guys went number one and um that's so cool i think i think we knocked out vogue madonna's vogue out of number one slot and hold on went Good. number one and this is when we were selling records we Aww. were selling like a hundred thousand records a week mm. it was that's sick. amazing it was sick I mean, I, that, I think that no, uh, having a number one record is probably the. That's it took cool. me. It took me how many years? About forty-five. Forty-five to get my first number one. Is that really true? Yeah. First, I Slow got, burner. I, I I wouldn't think that. We got number wow. two. Two we? we got the last Black Sabbath album went to number one. It's great. In 13, 13, 13 countries. Yeah. It feels good. I finally climbed up mountain. There you, know. you go. And don't you love that it had a whole new revival when Bridesmaids put it in the movie? And that was amazing. Yeah, talk it, about it Bridesmaids. It a whole new generation of people. Whole new. That that song, like, right? And it, it's weird because it's a song I've always known and always loved. And then when I saw my oh. friends' kids singing it too, I was like, well, now they get to learn all about right. this. And it, yeah, talk that, about the Bridesmaids. How that how that come about? Like, were you guys? Was it like a a, a very natural thing or? Like, Talk about it. Okay, so we got a phone call from, I don't know, the publicist, and they said, so there's this movie coming out, it's Judd Apatow, and um, we can't tell you anything about it, but it's called Bridesmaids, and there's a lot of great actors in it, and they want to feature Hold On in a wedding scene. And we were like, okay, and hmm. that's all they would tell us. So we said, well, if it's Judd Apatow, we're like, yeah, let's go right now. So we went, and we filmed at like, from midnight to three in the morning, and uh, it was. Oh, those are great hours. It was perfect hours. <gasps> Wait, that's crazy. It I was thought that it was night. a daytime scene. No, it looks daytime in the night. No, it's nighttime. It's nighttime. It's on the water. Right, right. It's like this place where they had like these like like cement with little pools of the water. Little, yeah, the little circle yeah, cement the little thing. Cir yeah. When I watched that, I was like, I wonder how they got them on that. I know. So we, 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 all, all I remember is this huge, you know, those big fans, mm -hmm. you know, that, that they put like, yeah. and so I was so hot. I kept lifting up my dress and fanning my ass because I was so fucking hot. It was boiling hot in the middle of the summer. And, um, we, we did about 14 takes. And, um, but before the movie, we went into this big trailer and Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, Melissa McCarthy, um, all the actresses were there and we were all in hair and makeup together. And I, I did not. I've never. I never had watched Mike and Molly. This is before Melissa McCarthy got mm -hmm. huge, and Kristen Wiig. I. I didn't even know how funny she was from Saturday Night Live and stuff. Maya Rudolph. I've always loved, and we started talking with each of them, but nobody knew anything about the movie, and we were clueless. So all I know is that when I was talking with Melissa McCarthy, she was. I kept saying to myself, "This is the funniest person I've ever talked to in my entire life." She's the funniest human being I've ever talked to. So we we had a we had a great, great time with them. We went out and did our scene, did it about 14, 14 times. And the movie came out. We still don't know anything about the movie. <laughs> I, I take my kids to the movie. Here is Lucy. She's about three years old. Oh no. And there's Kristen Wig on top of the guy fucking him. And I'm like, oh shit. So I'm like, go out of the theater. Uh wait about an hour and a half and come back. Because we come out, you know, we're in the last scene. So come back in an hour and a half. I laughed so hard. It's one of my favorite movies ever. I loved it so much. And I cannot believe that we're actually a part of that film because it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. It's one the of my favorite best. movies. Ever. The it is best. the funniest there's so movie. Many, there's so many lines in that movie Ugh. that I still use in real life. Like when she goes, help IRL. me, I'm poor. Right, and right. Like, or, you got to say IRL. What? IRL. I don't know what that means. In real life, it's internet talk. 
Oh, weird <laughs> nerd. <laughs> no, it just like or or maybe oh, she said you do right or she would say okay stove, stove. instead of Steve. Yeah. Just that whole that whole she movie was, where she's like look away, look away. Oh my god, when she shit in the sink, I swear to God, I I've never M- Melissa McCarthy's character with her leg on the when on the airplane as she grabs her yeah. thigh. <laughs> You know, it's just like, and I love it because her husband just loves every inch of her. Oh, it's you just, can it's, tell. Oh, he you. loves her. He worships everything about her. Yeah. She's she's magnificent. That was a great thing. I'm very grateful for that. And uh, and you're she right. lives in the valley. She does. I've seen her in the valley. Yeah. Like, oh, hey. Our kids so used to go to school together. So we're like neighbors now, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're we're va- we, we live in the valley. Yeah, homes. we're valley valley people, which now I now I get to go further underneath your wing and come come around the come. hood with you any any time. Um. Were you ever concerned having kids in L.A. and raising kids in L.A.? No, because, you know, it's my home. And uh, I'm, no, I'm not Hollywood type. I'm very... You are not Hollywood I am not all. Hollywood type at all. I don't know. I and think when I, I first met you, it was on the Sunset Strip, though, so... No, but... I was no, probably you, drunk. <laughs> I was probably drunk. But it's not about that. It's just, like, you... Out of anyone I know, you mm. could be so Hollywood if you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, you technically are Hollywood legend, but it, it's just it's so far away from who you but are. But you know what? Though, that's a around. that is a common people I think who are actually raised in L.A. from L.A. families. Like, you don't really get that douchey. It's the implants that right. are douchey. Right. Yeah. That that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I I've just never. I don't know. I, I all I know is that I didn't even. We didn't even know we wanted to have a baby, but I needed to get sober, and uh, I did. And two weeks after I got sober, I got pregnant. You know, and that was my that was my gift. And uh, and I've been sober ever since, and it'll be almost fourteen years. Wow! Yeah, yay! It's really it's really boring. It's very boring. It's not boring. Don't you find time goes by quicker? Yes. Yeah, that's the downside. Pisses me off. Like, it just flies by. I'm just like, shit. I know. When you're struggling every day, it seems like life (laughs) goes by so much slower. Right. You're like, (laughs) it's just, it's not, I'm I'm so much better off sober. I I really am. Yeah. I mean, I I know I I stay sober for my children because I don't know if I'd be sober if I didn't have kids, I can tell you. I still have the fantasy of, you know, when the kids go to college that I get to go to Tuscany and drink a bunch of wine. and We know know what would happen. If that right, the but wait, You'd of course, never come home. And wait, never why come Tuscany? Home. Now that like, well, what about like the weed shops in LA? Do you, I drive by them all the time, being like, right. you know what it's like just to like walks into a shop and be like, I'll take that bag of oh, weed. God, that's I, I'm actually salivating when I think of that because it's just it makes me slightly weed envious. Is the one thing I really miss. Oh God, it's really that's a hard one. <clears throat> Remember when you used to tell me you didn't smoke pot? I think you're all fucking mad. Mom, you <laughs> have are. never, tr- you whoa, never whoa. really it's enjoyed not, it. I, you when don't I like see it. people hanging out, yeah. like standing in line at weed shops, I go, you poor bastards. Right, right. And you I know people never... listening to this go, what the hell is she on about? But you... I'm like, you stand in line for hours to no do one this? in line for hours. It's weed. We'd have it delivered. No, yeah. we wouldn't stand in line. But just get it delivered. Hey, on. hold on. What about the lines we see outside weed shops here? Going around yeah. and around. That's block. not one weed shop. Right. No, it's not Every one, darling. Shop. It's not. There's I mean, one. Me. There's one by by our house. Sorry. There's one by our house that like has like a restaurant to it now. So you go get baked and like and you eat get munchies. Good food. Very good it's business. Like that's, whole like, thing. that's like what Amsterdam's all about. Right. Though. Yeah, I, I you know I know it helps a lot of people with if they're not feeling good. I know that it's really helped everyone, but I I just can't do anything because I want fifty million. If, if I had a joint you know. now, 
By, by in about an hour from now, I'll be in the fucking bar at Beverly Hills. Hotel. Same, I, and I'd be next then, to you. Then yeah. about an yeah. hour after, I'll be buying cocaine. Yeah. Then I'll get some smack. Then I'll, get, I'll be fucking dead by as well. Same. I don't know that. I can't stop. Once I start, it's all on. I so get it. Oh, I so <laughs> get it. But you know, and I get pissed off that I can't control it. I know. Why can this motherfucker do it and not me? I know. Problem is, though, all those people that we thought could control it are all dying now. Yeah. Well, every one of my drinking buddies, they're all fucking dead. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone. Yeah. It just can't happen, and there's too much to be grateful for. There's too much to live for, and that's when I think about it. But saying that, a friend of mine died of Lemony. He said he did math and booze. He said to me, well, I'm 70. I didn't think I was going to make this. I could maybe have lived ten, ten years longer, but I, I wouldn't, wouldn't have been happy. He, he, he lived his life the way he wanted. He knew, he knew it was going to happen, and that's cool. He didn't bomb anybody else. I mean, but me, if I start drinking, I'm on my own before everybody fucks off. You know, I, I, it's, a, it's a, not a good place to be when you're in a big house like this on your own. Of course, I but, know. That's why I admire my dad. He is, he's on medications, but. He doesn't. He doesn't do it anymore. He can't either. Does he drink? No. No. He, no. He doesn't drink. It's. It's the same. It's how we're wired. It's how we're wired. I mean, it's like once. Once I accept it, and then I just try to find ways to fill. I the... tried. I tried to go control it every time. It just no, no. It out. just won't. It, it won't would, I got away for a day or two, but eventually, mm-hmm. I'd piss the bed or fucking. Of course. Your thing. Your thing towards the end was falling and hitting your head. Oh, Remember was, how many uh, times you kept hitting your head on the bedside table? Yeah. And like, that was like the big the worry. Yeah. dad hit his chest on the bedside table. Oh my God. That was yeah, he became a big faller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I want to just mush your head. You're so fucking cute, Ozzy. I want to go over there and mush your head. <laughs> I just want to punch him in his face. He's so cute. <laughs> oh. uh, are you guys still, are you still touring? Yeah, I mean, if you could call it a tour. <laughs> do, do you know when I saw you perform the other week? That's the first concert I've been in. Oh, my God, in years. Do you know how happy that made me that you came to see us and that it was your first concert in a long time? I, I, I haven't been to a concert in 20 years. That Ozzy no, Osbourne went to, at a Wilson Phillips show. I, I, I was a big fan. I was a real... <laughs> Thank you. I, I really was. Thank I, you. Back Thank you. I wondered what happened. You know, yeah. That's still going. Yeah. I'm so glad you both came. Yeah, it was cool. We you know? loved it. We had a blast. Thank you. Thank you. I was jealous I wasn't there. Oh, we, we have fun on stage. You know what I mean? We just, we just sing like, we sing our songs. We sing some Beach Boys, Mamas and Papas, some influential stuff. And we just have a good time. There's a lot of banter. There's a lot of- China's you know, mother says to me, we've met. I go, I don't think so. <laughs> Michelle, yeah. <laughs> oh God, Michelle. Yep. She's the only, she's the surviving member of the Mamas and Papas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was Connie, by the way. That wasn't very good. I, I give that like a eh, like a, a C. It was a C. So wait, you uh, and Mum have done quite a lot of work together I, in the last yeah. few years. How many shows? Go on, how many shows? I've hosted um, uh, over 120 yep. times at the talk. That's awesome. Yeah. Every time I go there, I'm so grateful. I can't even begin. Mm-hmm. 
This podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh. Who likes fresh food? Me. I know you do. I saw in your fridge yesterday that you and Lisa have been doing HelloFresh again. Yes, we have. Super fresh. Hello. Now, I'm just, honestly, it, this is so helpful to me who has no idea how to even boil water that it comes with all the fresh ingredients and all the instructions on how to cook it. It's brilliant. But I haven't got to cook it that much because everybody steals it and takes it home. <laughs> this it's is true. true. What I think is great too is that it cuts out all the meal prep time if people like to meal prep and all of that. Doesn't take long to make. You can you find yourself learning how to cook things and putting things together that you normally never would. Mm-hmm. They have a vegetarian option as well as it. It's just I I just I, love it. And two, do you know what the the amount of time that your dad and I go around around grocery stores and we buy all this stuff that we never cook and we just end up throwing it out at the end of every week and this is perfectly portioned it's like yeah wham bam and it's super simple and convenient so kelly tell our good listeners how they go about getting HelloFresh. for 30 dollars off your first week of HelloFresh, visit hellofresh.com forward slash osborns 30 and enter osborns 30 that is HelloFresh.com forward slash Osborne's 30. And enter Osborne's 30. Are you, are you so are you like one of the uh like the the go-to like fill-in? Like if She's someone... the number one. Like if anyone isn't there, they call Connie. I, I think it's I think I've hosted more than anyone else as a fill-in, you but yeah, you know, you it's just, you know, it's it's where I want to be. We, everybody knows it. Um but <laughs> yeah, I mean, please, it's not a secret. But um uh I remember I was thinking about this today, the first time I met I met your mom and um, she was doing her, her talk show and it was an evergreen show and they asked me to come and tape and I had never met you and I walked in and it was so cute. You had your robe on and you came in the dressing room and you said to me, hello, my sister. <laughs> and it was the sweetest thing. It was like, we never even met, but you called me your sister and it was just like, I immediately loved you and felt connected to you right away. It was beautiful. Well, because I felt so connected to you because obviously because of your career, I knew you. Yeah. I thought I knew you. Right. And I was right because what I thought you would be, you were. Yeah. And I can remember years and years ago, I'm at Century City and you know where the valet yes. is? And you were sat on a bench there waiting for your car and I was dying to go up and talk to you and I thought no I can't bother her I can't do that and I really really wanted to go and talk to you and I'm like no can't do it I can't Can't bother her I can't believe you're even saying that that blows my mind that blows my mind well you know how special I think you are it's just it's really beyond beyond words Um, but I think the reason why uh, we, we connect is because we've been through so much shit and we're strong and it's you and we're I mean I think we're all survivors and that's at the end of the day you know we're survivors but you're like me we get through it through laughter we just oh. laugh oh we have to <laughs> everything we just what laugh. the fuck else is there yeah we laugh and eat and it's fine oh yeah i know speaking of eating what's up with the baked goods <laughs> <clears throat> Let's Jack, talk about love you, bites. You need to come and try oh, no. a tasting session. I've had it. And Connie I have it, bites. but I want I You've want all things. I want all the listeners to hear about love bites because Lo- this oh, is God. this is awesome. This is uh, I it is taking off so big right now that we are actually we're not nervous, but one of the one of the hardest challenges with a new business when you you know get a business off the ground is 
to meet the needs for a production. Uh-huh. What is Love Bites? Let's start with that. Love Bites by Carney is a baking company where we make bite-sized desserts. And it's cheesecakes and pound cakes, crumb cakes and brownies. And- They're not just... They're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. It's, They're amazing. It's portion controlled because I have to eat small. And if I eat big, I feel sick. And it's just kind of like this gastric bypass thing. It's where like I've, sushi of dessert. It is the sushi of desserts. That's it. Perfect. It is like that. But how many times do we know we look, if you buy a pie and you start eating one bit, you're going to finish it. And it's like yep. this, you just get a taste and you can walk away. That's the point. That's it. That's the point. And what I what I did for years and years and years is I was like, all right, I was obsessed with cheesecakes and bread puddings. <laughs> and I was, I have mean. You eaten, have you eaten uh, these um, ch- cheesecake factories? I, I love the Cheesecake Factory. The one in Chicago. The portions are fucking ridiculous. They're huge. So, of course... When One salad, we've fed six of us. Yeah. That, and so that's why I'm like, well, why can't I just make little ones and make them like, you know, a box of chocolates where you yeah. can either have a you know variety or you, do, you don't feel like a pig. And so it's like my the way I live and I, I like to eat desserts. So anyway, just being very obsessed with that, I, I became... It was like I got sober and I started baking. So that was the beginning of it all. And then I was making this... This is not a joke. I was making this cheesecake batter and I'm stirring the batter, stirring the batter. And I heard the voice of my grandma, my, my mom's, my mom's mom. She was this little cute little Jewish woman. I used to bake with her and make matzo balls. And, and she would go, your fortune's in your food, your fortune's in your food. And I, I'm like, who the fuck is talking to me? You know, I thought I hear like an angel on the, my shoulder. And I'm like, your fortune's in your food. Like, oh my God, I'm so Kelly. It's okay. Kelly, I didn't mean to do that. So I'm so sorry. Don't worry. Um, anyway, so I, I hear Grandma May, your fortune's in your food. And I'm like, well, listen, then, what does that really mean, your fortune? Does that mean your 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 good fortune, like your your soul and your happiness, your your future fortune? Or does it mean like an actual fortune? <laughs> so I'm like, whoa, what the fuck is this about? And so it was like from that, literally from that moment on, it was tunnel vision. And I thought, I don't care if I sing another song, if I do another record, if I host another show, whatever happens, I got to bake. And I started visualizing people eating little tiny desserts. Hold on a second. Are you sure your grandmother wasn't telling you to start a fortune cookie company? It could be. I mean, it's, uh, I'm just saying you might want to reconsider. Your fortune cookies and your, (laughs) I, I mean, you know, I know that it was there was a message message given to me, and I'm just like, all right, I follow your heart, and just fucking go for it. So, um, and then I had like this long battle inside, going, well, you know, I had this gastric bypass in front of people, and I go up and down on the weight, and the whole goddamn weight story, and I'm so tired of talking about it. You know, do I do I do this? Do I actually have a baking company, and what is that going to mean? And I thought to myself, you know what, I don't give a shit how anyone wants to spin it. I love baking. I make great desserts. I love to watch people eat and feed people. And one of the greatest joys in this world is desserts. And I'm not giving it up for nothing. Mm. And I thought, I'm going to do this because it's what I want to do. Besides my children, it is number one for me. Yeah. Number one. It always has been since I started. Yeah. Every time Connie comes on (laughs) on the talk and she comes empty handed, we're like, 
Oh, no. It's hysterical. That's why they fed you back a hundred times. Because they're like, hey, let's get the cookie lady back. Let's get the cake lady back. What have you brought us today? (laughs) I swear, it's hysterical. And Cheryl's obsessed with the chicken enchiladas. It's just, you know, it's just what I do. You know, it's like this little part of me that I have to Did you have to open up the second kitchen yet or not? We have to, we had to expand the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So we're we're going into, um, we're doing it backwards. We're doing this ass backwards. We're, We're doing mass production before we do small. So we have a cafe bakery, the production facility the corporate offices you know in 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 Oregon and we were going to open um stores all over you know two to five hundred stores but now we signed with this huge company and their distributor and it will be literally in everywhere you look it will be so we're buying these freaking pillow packing machines and dispensers and it's going to be like and I said don't give me a Lucille ball with these people with the chocolates (laughs) going down the goddamn belt because it's good we have to go we we're going to have handmade but we have to have these little dispensers because now we're making thousands i mean it, this summer it'll be in this grocery store i can't say the name but you'll you'll know it and it's we have to make 18 million cheesecakes a year for this one store <laughs> yeah just a lot one, of cheesecake one store yeah and that's just cheesecake wow and so you are head chef like how does it how does it work are you is it all your recipes that's yes. it Yes. Yeah, There's I, no one else. Nope. I create all the recipes at home. I test them all at home until I think they're ready. I send them off to Carrie Ellen, who's our culinary director, who is an amazing pastry chef and runs the whole kitchen. The whole kitchen was designed and, cre- and, and actually built for Love Bites production. So I send the recipes out. They take it and they take like they like if the recipe I make yields 60 little cakes, she takes it and goes, okay, now we got to make 6,000 a batch. And what what do I do? How much flour? How much shit am I putting in here? It's really intense. You've got to be like a mathematician to work that one out. And you know what? It was funny you say that. She majored in accounting first. So I got it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I had the accountant who can do the math, but then she's also a whiz at um, at pastry and, 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 you know, desserts. Yeah. So, um, and we have a whole team right now. We've got about 25 employees, soon to be around 50. And, um, you know, we're, we we want to turn around in 10 years and sell the company for a billion dollars. That's good the, that's goal. The, that's amazing. That, that's what we want to That's a good goal. It's a good goal. That's a solid goal. Yeah. I, so where can I, people I, find Love Bites by Connie <laughs> currently? Currently, you can order online, lovebitesbycarney.com. Uh, let's see. We've got, oh, well, see, <laughs> it's this budding thing where I'm not allowed to say where it's going, but shit, it's going to be right in front of your face. It, 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 by the end of the summer, you'll see it everywhere. Ah, I'm frustrated. That's good. Cause it's time for Christmas. Exactly. The holidays. And yeah. Thanksgiving. Oh, you wait, yeah. I think we, cause I came over for a meeting around Thanksgiving and right. you made some, you made some Thanksgiving. I made, um, you yeah. R&Ding some stuff. I made, um, I made you, um, the pumpkin, the pumpkin brownie. Yes. Yeah, the swirl, pumpkin swirl. Was, that was it. Was gangster. It was good. It was different. It was yeah, good. it's always it's always fun getting to getting to test your R and D goodies. I know. Yeah. So I mean, I we're, we're pumping it up, but it's it's really it's really uh, scary how many desserts we're making right now. Um, <laughs> really Eighteen is. million. That's... Yeah, I know. Are you still going to be doing it for that one airline? Maybe. So yeah, that's why we got a pillow packer machine because I I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping Alaska Airlines will jump on this yeah to sell some some stuff up in their first class section and you know the the plans are massive I mean airport gift shops um, you know it's one of these things where we're, we're looking we're hoping it to be more like a Mrs Fields you know and that it's everywhere oh God didn't we love Mrs Fields 
Oh, we were more. addicted to the <laughs> <laughs> lemon cake. Didn't we just love, love Mrs. Fields? But isn't it called Mrs. You're, you're, you're going, oh, Mrs. Beasley's. Yeah. Uh, oh, I know. I know. And and I just met that woman, Nancy, who created Mrs. Grace Lemon Cake and Mrs. Yeah. Beasley's, and we were talking about everything. It was really cool. But, you know, we want, we have a, we're very, we're actually conscious of health as well. I mean, most of the desserts are gluten-free and... um and we've got vegan stuff too. I've got great cookies, and yeah. you know, it's just something for everybody. You the know, Kelly I, line. We have well, the Kelly line because literally, I now am moving up the date that I'm coming over because the one thing <laughs> I'm missing since going vegan is that good desserts. There's not a lot of sweet options. Yeah. That, and if there are, they all have the same consistency, right? Like texture. Yeah. And like a slice of cake, if you like put it on a plate of like normal cake. And then you put a piece of vegan cake on a plate. Vegan cake is so heavy. I got you that good one though when we were in Florida. That that carrot Dude, cake. That was the one that made me think of it. It weighed like four it was, pounds. It was like pure fiber. <laughs> that you know, I I know this. I have got this one cookie that is like a scone, and oh. it is so fucking delicious that I can't take it. And it's this lemon blueberry, and it's just. Beyond, and that's the one that I think vegans will go crazy for. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to that because it really is like a scone. Mm. Oh, you like got to dome. try it on Sarah. Exactly. I have sent Sarah a few things, but this is a new one. I think Sarah will. Oh, Kel, you should talk to because Sarah's got her finger on the vegan pulse. Yep. Yeah, you need a touch. She'll, she'll yeah, she'll hook you she'll up with good stuff. Dialed in, get you that good vegan cheese. Mm-hmm. No, there's a cheese shop down the street from here that's a vegan cheese shop. <laughs> there's a, enough vegan uh, cheese now? Talk about farting. That would be frightening. I can't even. Oh, it's next level. I just can't even. All day. It's so scary. Uh, Connie, this has been a lot of fun. You guys are one of my favorite families ever. And thank you for having me. I love Thanks you for so much, I just Connie. love now you guys. Listen, all, you, all for your individuality and everything. You're you wonderful. you got to come back when you can tell everyone where they're going to find it and yeah. everything. We and should so. do like a total taste test. That would yes. be great. Yeah. You know what I'd love yes. to do? I'd love to blindfold you and <gasps> tell, for you to tell me which, what what you're eating, each one of them, and see love. if you get them right. Love. I love I love, I love do, games. Do the blind taste test here yeah. on the podcast. I love that. I, 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 would, I would love to that come back any time. That would be great. Yes. All right, groovy, we love groovy. you. Connie. I love you. Love, love, you. love you too. Love you too. Thank you. Oh.